This podcast is brought to you by the University of Pretoria, a world of answers. You're listening to A World of Answers with the University of Pretoria. My name is Aubrey Masango. I'm going to be speaking today to Professor Tawana Kupe, Vice-Chancellor at the University of Pretoria. I'm also going to be joined by Associate Professor uh, at the Albert Lutuli Center for Responsible Leadership, Professor Willem Fouri. And we're going to be discussing the use of technology in teaching and learning and also the use of cloud computing in the achievement of the university's sustainable development goals. Professor Cooper, if I can start with you, it appears to me that the traditional in-the-classroom training is under a great deal of threat from the virtual teaching uh, scenario. And a lot of people would probably argue that that's because that's where the world is going. We were speaking the other day about the fact that we're in a fourth industrial revolution, uh, even as we speak. Mm. But is the entrance of this virtual training, virtual learning, not going to sacrifice the contact, the very, very essential contact between student and lecturer, where the lecturer is able to navigate into the mind of the student at a very personal level. And I imagine that that would be very, very, that would be needed in terms of the process of learning and teaching. Uh, what's your feeling about that? So, so what's happening in our space in the teaching and learning space is not that we have gone virtual as such. What we have is something we call hybrid teaching and learning or blended teaching and learning. People use various modes. And it just means we combine face-to-face what people call traditional. But it's no longer that traditional because now people use lots of technologies even around what was conceived as traditional in the past. So people use a range of technologies from basic things like PowerPoint presentations. But in that PowerPoint presentation, people might embed video clips and embed embed images and use them to teach. So what also happens now is that quite a lot of some of that uh, that, uh, learning and teaching also happens online. So you do contact but it's supplemented or complemented or integrated with online with online learning. And that is where the things are going. Precisely because the Digital technologies, all of these uh, interactive technologies have in fact provided some of the tools we we used to desire as teachers. You want interactivity from your students instead of the traditional top-down tabula rasa kind of stuff where you are pouring things into minds that do not have anything. Now with that capability where the lecturer or the academic or the professor can interact with their students and they can interact with them. And people can also continue offline to augment, to complement, to supplement what they learn much more freely. So, for example, we can use podcasts now, like you are recording a podcast. Yeah. Podcast is very useful to record as a lecture because a student can then go back to rerun that and catch up on things they didn't understand. But these things also have been linked to other online learning. So it's actually a much more, in my view, interactive, dynamic, much more dialogic, if you like. And the best in teaching, really, is for there to be that dialogue, of course, led by the person who is an expert, but also understanding that students come with some forms of information and knowledge, and that what you should do in a classroom, really, is not just impart knowledge, 
co-create, help understand, stimulate, and let, be, let people be able to think for themselves. Because at the end of the day, what's the purpose of teaching and learning? Yeah. To create people who can critically think, who can problem solve. Yeah. And you do not do that by a static mode of delivery, which is top-down. So I think it's really, I think we're entering a very exciting era. And at UP, we're very strong on that because yeah. the university has a long history of using technologies in teaching. Yeah. Uh, Professor Willem Faria, you're the head of department for the South African SDG Hub. Uh, would you say that this is a fundamental departure just in terms of pedagogic um, philosophies as far as the University of Pretoria is concerned now that we have uh, this use, this very interactive use of technology in the teaching process? Is there something that you would uh, re- regard as a departure pedagogically and, and, and maybe philosophically from from the way that you approach the learning and teaching process? I wouldn't say so, no. Um, I would rather say that we're actually improving and actually increasing the impact of face-to-face learning. If you think about it practically, um, contact sessions are extremely expensive. You need a room, you need teachers, you need students. Now, to use those contact sessions for things you could have done online, theory transmission by means of video, where strong students speed through a video, where students who need more support maybe watch and rewatch a video. Yeah. I mean, using contact sessions expenses time for that doesn't make that much sense. Mm. Our thinking is, as far as I understand it, and what we're also doing in our undergrad and postgrad uh, uh, degrees, is, is using the expense of contact time for engagement, mm. for interaction, for integration, and, and allowing students to use all these online technologies for the theory transmission, the things that, that they can do on their own. So a departure, I wouldn't say so, and I, I had to smile when you referred to, to the threat of, of, of um, digital technologies. I really don't think it's a threat. I think it's um, actually increasing the impact of our teaching, and, 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 and the goal of teaching remains not simply transferring knowledge, but enabling students to integrate it and to apply it to real-world problems. And that's exactly what we're doing also. I suppose the, the, the use of the word the threat, uh, <laughs> Professor yeah. Cooper, comes from, uh, and, I, and I, I, I suppose I need to admit that when I talk of the fourth industrial revolution, the uh, proliferation, pro- proliferation of technology in the teaching and learning process, one gets the feeling that that which we've come to know and trust is, uh, is is disappearing. But I suppose that's the reality in all forms of progress, right? Yeah, yes, yeah. But the question that I want to ask is, um, is there perhaps no room in this new techn- technological advancement and the, the, the advancements that you've been talking about, is there no room for the fear that this may create a space between the teacher and the learner, that eye contact and sitting together and being in the same room and breathing the same same air um, would have achieved. You know, it's pretty much like somebody who reads from a Kindle and somebody that prefers to read from a particular book. There's always that fear that that relationship with that word that's being read on a piece of paper is being lost. Is that uh, no, an irrational no, no. fear? No, not at all. Because remember, we are not replacing uh, the teacher uh, with the technologies. Yeah. In fact, what we are doing is that we are now actually, in a sense, saying the teacher will do certain things. Certain Those things will be, and that is still the eye contact, if you like. Yes. That is why we call it hybrid learning or 
hybrid teaching and learning or blended teaching and learning is because the contact remains, but the contact is no longer a static figure talking, transmitting information to people who are only listening and taking notes on pieces of paper. Now, actually, everything, the lecture and the resources that go there are on digital tablets, which students now have a a lot and some we provide. So now there's actually a much more dynamic environment where contact is still there. You can ask, you can even ask also digitally, but the contact does not go away. So we must want to make a distinction here with some people have been saying they will offer degrees and courses online, things called massive online courses. We're not going that route. Our, Our route is... A, a very careful blend, well thought out pedagogy, and their theories about teaching and learning, by the way. It's no longer just dumping stuff online and walking away. No, actually, the way in which you deliver the contact, the eye contact, is also moderated, if you like, or influenced by the technology. So, so it, what has happened also in that space is, you remember the massive online, the MOOCs, they are called MOOCs. The failure rate has been high and the drop rate, dro- the dropout has been uh, been high. When research was done, people found out that what was lost was the contact. That you can't dump stuff on technology and walk yes. away and say people will learn. Remember also, people often learn not just simply by eye contact with the teacher or the academic or the professor. They also discuss among themselves yes. the role of tutorials, the role of student groups, discussing as, in, as, as, as tutorial groups or discussing groups or project groups that they are given in class. That is why if you go to Investor Pretoria, we're transforming a lot of places into social learning spaces. Wi-Fi enabled with easy chairs where students can sit individually or in groups and discuss, but also use their digital technologies, download things. And we upload, I think, over 90 percent of our courses so it's, are it's now impacting even the very physical space spaces, that you yeah, are yeah. teaching in, and learning in, in, in the yeah. architecture of the university is being, yeah, yeah. is being impacted yeah, yes yeah. because also remember we were talking about uh, young students who are i call digital natives yeah they've grown up with these digital technologies using it for many different purposes it would be strange if this di- devices and the online platforms they've grown up with can't be used for their teaching and learning and and also it would be strange if also in the academic space, we didn't keep up with those technologies. Even in the old days, what I call static, by the way, actually things were changing. It's the use of educational technologies is not actually new. Yeah. What we're talking about here is the scale at which it is being used, the range of the technologies that are being used, and also that the technologies are now on both sides. All educational technologies were in the hands of the teacher. The students didn't have anything. Yes, yes. They were stuck with pen and paper taking notes. Now the technologies are actually possessed by both and provided in the learning, in the learning and teaching space. Professor Willem, that obviously ensures a, a greater reach for the university. Mm-hmm. It obvi- obviously ensures a greater footprint for the university. But then that must pose some serious challenges in terms of the resources that need to be uh, created for this and the cost for those very students that must have that interactive relation relationship with uh, with their students how is that bridge being how's that gap being bridged i mean there's of course i mean any any type of technology or te- technological change comes with the cost but but just latching on to what professor Coopy said it, it the, the broader narrative really is a i would say democratization of the teaching process mm. Gone is the assumption that you have an expert who knows everything, or at least pretends to know everything, or a textbook that pretends to be all-encompassing and then 
in some cases dumping the information yep. on students and then sort of as empty vessels, this tabula rasa Professor Cooper referred to. We're in an era where the students bring significant knowledge to the classroom, mm-hmm. even if it's only Googling and checking up on the lecturer. Mm-hmm. So, so that's part of the, the sort of totally, I would say, Changing the ideology be, uh, behind what, how we teach, we, we're in a more democratic. Is there space. a recording of that interaction, which then enriches the process? Is, the, is yeah, that absolutely. recording absolutely, yes. absolutely, yeah. and and they're even giving given the uh, the opportunity to to engage one another online because we mm-hmm. often think that that if you're just engaging, you, the only place where you can engage is, is in the class. And we're saying, you know what, that's not how people learn. So we're learning in, we're engaging in social learning spaces across campus, but also online. But just to your question on the challenges and maybe even the funding challenges, yeah. of course, people need to have the skills yes. to operate many of these devices. Many of our students do, but some don't. And you also need certain devices. And I think that's where um, investments are being made. But, but again, let me be a bit controversial. If you need to compare the investments, these investments to the investments in building more and bigger classrooms, my suspicion is that it's not as significant and that broadly seen, it actually is, it's actually making things more accessible than the cost of building new classrooms in the old model would have been. Yeah. Prof. Kube, you, you've, you've been speaking about the democratization of the educational process at yeah. the university. But it also sounds to me that this process lends itself to the internationalization of the learning yeah, and teaching yes, yeah. uh, process in that you don't just have relationships with other universities and other lecturers, but I would imagine that students from other parts of the world can then be part of the University of Pretoria community. Absolutely. So in the next few years, you will see that we're going to grow those students, we say, are taking our some of our programs online. That does not mean, by the way, they also won't have contact time. They might come for a limit, for a set time period. So, yes, say a course is going to be, for argument's sake, a semester-long course. They might come only for half that time. It might be two weeks at the beginning for contact, go away, the rest is online. But that online, by the way, is not stuff-dumped online only. The, the, the lecturer has to interact online with the students. Then they come again for contact. And then the last part is online. Yes, that will grow. It will increase the reach. Also, it will help very much people who can't study full time and need to continue upgrading their qualifications. So it will make the notion of lifelong learning real now. But, al- but also customized learning. It yes, is. absolutely customized. Because it, yeah. it sounds to me yeah. though as though there is a recognition that the circumstances of students are no longer the same. Mm-hmm. Neither, neither is the university looking to, uh, to straightjacket students in that way. So yeah, yes, it yeah. appears to me that there's a very, very strong drive towards customization. Uh, absolutely, because you're quite right. Is that The assumption that a student is a person who has finished matric, has no family responsibilities, not working, and will be in a university for three, four, five years taking a degree is actually very restrictive. That is why I say that the notion of upgrading skills, especially in the this no in this context called the fourth industrial revolution, where people have to learn and relearn things because the jobs the way they used to do certain jobs is no longer the same, or they need to learn the new jobs at FMH. So it lacks it's, it's a notion of flexible learning. In fact, two weeks ago we had at Investor Pretoria a conference called Flexible Futures. Mm. The Flexible Futures Conference 
who was there was academics from largely from University of Pretoria and other institutions. And the technology suppliers, because now there are people who supply teaching and learning platforms that we use to teach our students. We ex- notes are put in there. All the teaching resources are there. You access them. There's a record whether you do that. So it's also helping us monitor and understand students who are actually struggling. So I think it's, it's, that's why I say it's a very exciting new period. So we now say the investor Pretoria, and, and, and my colleague Prof. Prof. Fori referred to that, one students to have three forms of literacy, technological literacy, data literacy, and human literacy. Because learning is fundamentally a human process. It's not a technology Indeed. process. So what, because what most people think often is they put the technology in front. The issue is not the technology. Yeah. The technology is an enabler. Yes. It's a platform yes. of something we've always called teaching and learning, where there was very minimal technology. Now there is more technology to do more things. So, for example, tests are done online. Assessments are done online. That cuts the time for a lecturer who might have. So um, multiple choice questions can be done online. And also a a lecturer can use online ways of actually assessing that. That actually makes the process much more efficient, much more dynamic, quicker and so on. Professor Faree, we talked a a little bit about the fact that there is the recording of the whole process in its entirety, that interactiveness between student and teacher, but the fact that it is happening online. I would imagine... All of this is not just kept in servers in a particular room. I hear of the cloud these days. Talk to me about how the cloud and what it is actually in this context and how that works. Yeah, gladly. So, so, so if I may, just a one minute background. So, so um, I have the privilege to work on, on African development issues. Mm-hmm. And, and we have a small team that's actually developing a few machine learning based solutions to actually making research available to policymakers. Then we realize, you know what, just giving uh, people a list of articles won't help you. We need some sort of intelligent um, time-saving sort of interpretation service. In any case, that introduced us to to all the, I would say, capabilities of the cloud. Now, the cloud essentially is delivery of computing services, that's storage, uh, servers, uh, um, software, analytics. So it's not a over the internet. cloud in the no. sky. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> it's, it's literally doing stuff that you would have done on your computer, yep. but, but, but the, the, the intelligence and the service are actually accessed remotely. And that's being done over the internet. The main sort of attractiveness of this is this uh, companies, institutions like University of Pretoria and government are saving money mm. um, and they are able to scale things really quickly. In, in, in previous years, you need to have to, you had to buy new computers, appoint new people. It would have taken quite a long time. Now you can literally switch off a button, scale. Let's say you know you have a lot of web traffic to your website between 6 and 7 in the yeah. evenings. Literally switch, the, uh, switch on it, pay a bit more for those, that hour, then switch it off again. So, so it's, it's really flexible, time-saving, cost-saving capabilities delivered over the internet. And I think that's, to a large extent, how online learning platforms also work. Professor Willem uh, and uh, Professor Tawana Kupe, uh, let's take a quick break. But when I come back, I want to ask uh, Professor Tawana Kupe as vice, cha- as vice chancellor of the university, I want to ask you about the relevance of institutions such as universities going forward. Yeah. Um, these uh, wonderful revolutionary tools that you're talking about sound great, mm. but I'm wondering whether the university itself, as we see it and understand it at the, at the moment, is still going to be uh, an existing phenomenon in, into the future. I want to talk a little bit about that, but let's okay. take a break and we'll be back after this. 
You are listening to a World of Answers podcast. The University of Pretoria can help you achieve your true potential. As a UP graduate, you're invited to join the university's prestigious alumni network. Download the new app, Alumni Network app, which is designed to help you expand your network advance your career, and gain access to exclusive opportunities. You can also stay in touch with fellow alumni and be part of a community of change makers. Search for Graduate Community on Google Play or the App Store and let your degree take you further. University of Pretoria, discover a world of answers. Visit up.co.za. You are listening to a World of Answers podcast. We're back and uh, we're talking about uh, physical versus online teaching. My guests, uh, Professor Ta- Tawana Kupe, Vice-Chancellor and Principal of the University of Pretoria. And of course, uh, Professor Willem Faree, he's the HOD at the South African SDG Hub. Prof, you still need to tell me what the SDG Hub is all about. But he's also an um, Associate Professor in the Department of Business Management. I suppose, Prof, the question I want to ask you is linked to the idea that for the longest of times, or let me say in recent times, the university has been considered by many as an ivory tower. Mm. Uh, And I'm not just talking about the University of Pretoria, but the university as an institution institution, has been considered as an ivory tower that that limits access accessibility to the masses, as it were, whatever you want to call that. Mm -hmm. And these advancements in technology seem to be widening that gap, I suppose, from a point of view of the person who lives in a country that is considered to have the largest or the biggest Gini coefficient. Mm. Is the university, as we understand it now, moving further and further away from the people? Or is it changing its shape and what is its relevance going forward given the socio-economic problems of a country like South Africa and its history? So I think what is going to happen there actually is if used effectively because a huge opportunity what is up now. So let's think about South Africa say around 94 where the number of fixed land lines was not growing at all under telecom being the monopoly and then the mobile cell phone companies were coming into being. Remember that now it does look like from the statistics that almost every South African has two phones, <laughs> two mobile phones, and that mobile phones have percolated to even the lowest category of people. The problem still is, of course, the cost of data. If we can sort out the cost of data and reduce data, because things delivered online are really delivered because of the data capabilities yeah. of the devices that we have uh, before us. So actually, as, as my, my colleague said, if we sort out the policy issues and we actually bring the data cost down because the devices are in the people's hands already, we will actually, in a sense, increase access. That is why the investor of Pretoria and other institutions were also going to increase the number of students we enroll online. Previously, by legislation, only UNISA could do what is called distance education. Now we're also allowed to do that uh, 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 because we, these things can be offered uh, 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 online. Yeah. So the university, yes, it's not the same. It's the institution that provides a platform for knowledge engagement and knowledge creation. That will remain because that kind of knowledge is, does not exist anywhere else. So the university still be a knowledge institution. Remember, the university is one that is also given the powers of credentialing. What does credentialing mean? Saying... 
Aubrey Masango is a qualified medical doctor allowed to operate on patients. That will not go away. Now, credentialing or certifying that that you do is, can't just be left to anybody. But if you like now, we can now deliver particular courses even in the medical field through these blended learning capacities. You know, now in some of the technologies we have, you do not have to use cadavers necessarily. You can actually use these things using the virtual. Yes. Reality yep. technologies and all of that. The other day at our engineering 4.0 complex for smart transportation, which we are launching in March 2020, the building is not yet complete, but they gave me virtual reality goggles. And I could walk through the building <laughs> uh, before it is actually completed. Yes. But the real application of that is going to use it to train people on road testing who can be sitting in, who can be in a facility in Pumalanga, the Eastern Cape, Omlazi, in Cape Town, in the Northern Cape, with the trainer sitting at the University of Pretoria. And, and that is, that, that actually, if you like, lends training to people who have, uh, otherwise have stayed in a poor, economically depressed yeah. environment where the job was necessary, but they didn't have the yeah. skills yeah. and they couldn't travel all the way and live in Pretoria. I want to ask uh, uh, Professor Willem Faree uh, just a, a quick you know, uh, to understand exactly what the SDG hub is about. But uh, you've just spoken uh, about data. I want to come back to that yeah, as yeah. my final question yeah. to you. But let me ask uh, Professor Willem Faree, um, what is the SDG hub? So, so universities, we do teaching and learning. As as we've discussed, we produce research, but to a large extent, we're also knowledge brokers. We, we do the quality control in a sense of knowledge that's being produced in countries. Now, the SDG Hub responds to 17 goals, the so-called Sustainable Development Goals, SDGs, adopted by the UN in 2015. And all countries in the world, including South Africa, said we want to achieve these very ambitious goals by 2030. Then as the University of Pretoria, we said, well, you know what? We located in the capital. We, we also have a responsibility of, of convening yes. people, convening universities, bringing knowledge together. And the SDG Hub basically collects all the best research in the country, South African-produced research related to the SDGs, um, makes it accessible and then feeds it into the policymaking processes in order to ensure that the country reach as far as possible that we reach these sustainable development goals by 2030. That's in a nutshell what the SDG Hub is. Prof, as a final question and perhaps a final comment from you, mm. And I go back to the question I asked earlier on about the fact that there's a feeling that universities are very elitist mm. um, uh, institutions. I is that about to change? Uh, in other words, it, are, are we getting a situation with all of these advancements where universities are beginning to actually reach out to the communities in which they are geographically found, mm. but also to reach out to the knowledge systems, the colloquialisms that exist in those particular um, uh, communities. Are we beginning to see that? And is that going to be happening at the University of Pretoria particularly? Absolutely. Through our online teaching and courses, we are now able to come to you rather than you just simply coming to us. And through all of this new virtual reality and others, the example I gave earlier on, on, on teaching people from the, the locations they are based in, this is, this is, as my colleague said, the democratization. You can now learn wherever you are at whatever time you want to. Mind you, if things are online now and there are podcasts and related videos and all of that, which you can watch or listen to at your own time, it actually it frees you from the notion that you have to be at 8 a.m. 
in a particular place, in a particular yeah. building, and if you are not there, you can't get it. No, of course, that some people, I'm not saying that the lectures at 8 a.m. will disappear, but for certain categories of people which we, we can reach with teaching, learning, and training, we can reach them where they are, and they can reach us where, from where they are, because we have this virtual platform that we can actually use to interconnect, engagement, connectedness, and, and, and interaction. Professor Tawana Kupe, Vice-Chancellor and Principal at the University of Pretoria, I thank you very much for this conversation. It's really, really been enlightening. Professor Willem Faree, HOD at the South African SDG Hub and also Associate Professor at the Business Management. Thank you very much for joining us. I really appreciate it. You've been listening to a podcast uh, of A World of Answers with uh, the professors from the University of Pretoria. This podcast was brought to you by the University of Pretoria, a world of answers.